Hello and welcome to the Life Tools podcast. In school, we learned history and algebra, foreign languages and chemistry, but nobody taught us tools for life. How do we deal with self-doubt? What are beliefs and how do they influence us? How do we find ourselves when we feel lost? And how do we make a healthy decision? Many people learn these things much later in life, after three, four, even five decades of existence, and often the hard way. For a few, like myself, I had to learn them very early. I created this podcast to share with you the tools that have helped me greatly in my own life. They're small actions anybody can take that bring big results over time. Let's get to it. Hello everyone, this week we are talking about something light and fun. I don't find a lot of people talking about this, at least not in my circle, which I find sad because I think it's very beneficial. This topic is multiple intelligences. I'm sure you've all heard someone describe another person as not smart because this person in question doesn't do well in school or maybe can't do math calculations in his head. Maybe you yourself have considered yourself not smart for this reason. Sometimes we also say he's really great at art, but he's not very smart. Well, turns out this is a very outdated and limited idea of intelligence. Howard Gardner, a Harvard research professor, says that intelligence is much broader and much more multifaceted than that. There isn't just one or two types of intelligence. There are many. In his book, Frames of Mind, he posits eight types of intelligence. The original definitions are very academic, and so I will present here the super simplified version. So quickly, the eight types of intelligences are 1. Verbal linguistic intelligence, meaning you're good with words and you learn languages with relative ease. This could be verbal or written language. 2. Logical mathematical intelligence. This is when you're great at things that follow logic, including math. When we say that someone is left-brained, we're referring to this type of intelligence. This is what IQ tests measure and what we are often evaluated on in school. And in the earlier example, when we said that someone is not smart, we were actually saying that they are low in this intelligence. 3. Visual-spatial intelligence. This involves the processing of visuals in space, especially large spaces. If you're high in this, you like mind maps, pictures, charts, and you're good with directions. 4. Musical intelligence. You're great with rhythm, musical notes, remembering melodies, singing, and playing instruments. 5. Naturalistic intelligence, which is when you know a lot about plants and animals, the weather, nature in general. I have to admit, side note, when I first read this, I was a bit confused because for me, knowledge about nature comes from school. It's just memorizing facts. It's very scientific. I thought it belonged to logical mathematical intelligence, but I thought of it more and I realized that there are indeed people who have a green thumb, as we say, who can communicate with animals like dog whispers and who are very much at ease out in nature. And it has more to do with a deeper connection to nature that they have than just knowing facts. 6. Bodily kinesthetic intelligence, which is when you can use your body well. You have good control of it. For example, if you're a dancer or an actor. 7. Interpersonal intelligence. If you're high in this, then you have great people skills. You understand social cues and you're great with verbal and nonverbal communication. 
eight and last is intrapersonal intelligence. So the previous one was interpersonal, meaning in relation to other people, and this one is intra, in relation to oneself. This is your capacity to understand yourself, your desires, your fears, your emotions, and to use this information effectively in your life. First thing that comes to mind is introverted people and HSPs who have rich inner worlds and who are always self-reflecting. That's me. These eight intelligences are also called smarts. Word smart, logic smart, picture smart, music smart, nature smart, body smart, people smart, and self smart. So the theory is we all possess a range of intelligences with one or two being dominant. For example, I'm high in intrapersonal and linguistic intelligence, but I joke that I think I was born with my spatial faculties missing because I'm always getting lost. I never know where I am and I couldn't live without GPS. What I find absolutely wonderful about this, and this is actually what Howard Gardner is telling the world, is that society for so long and even to this day value only certain intelligences and a very narrow range at that. When we hear that someone has an IQ of 140, we're like, wow, what a gift to be born with such high intelligence. Must be really cool. But guess what? If we measured these other intelligences, you'd find out that maybe you are also 140 in kinesthetic intelligence or musical intelligence. Now that we know this information, what next? What do we do with it? How do we make it useful? If you are an educator, this knowledge will help you see the uniqueness in each of your students. It will inform the way you present lessons. It will encourage you to allow for more individuality in how your students learn and to create activities that engage multiple intelligences. For example, instead of lecturing for an hour, if you devote 30 minutes to collaborative group work, your students are going to hone their interpersonal intelligence on top of their logical mathematical intelligence. If you're a parent, it will help you stress less about your child's school grades. And who doesn't want less stress, right? Because you know that school grades reflect only a narrow category of intelligence. They are not the end-all be-all. You would also know to offer them opportunities to develop their other intelligences, like letting them socialize more or taking them out to explore nature more. If you are a boss or a team leader, it will help you assign people to the right tasks. You wouldn't, for example, assign someone with poor interpersonal intelligence in customer service. And in general, for every one of us, it's our reminder to appreciate our uniqueness and the uniqueness of others. We can use this knowledge to get rid of unhelpful, often damaging labels we put on ourselves and other people. Fun fact, people with autism spectrum disorder can't pick up social cues, meaning they are low in interpersonal intelligence, but quite often they're very high in visual intelligence. This tells us that what they have is maybe not a disorder, but just a different and rarer cocktail of intelligences. What I have found in my own experience is that the more we engage the intelligences we are high in, the faster we learn and of course the more enjoyable the process is for us. For example, I learn much better from autobiographies and memoirs than from history textbooks because autobiographies and memoirs engage my emotions, which are part of my intrapersonal intelligence. Another important thing to add here is intelligence is not fixed. 
If we are low in one intelligence, we can increase it through practice, and in fact, this is healthy, as long as we remember to not use it as another barometer for competition. We do it because it's fun, because it feels good to grow, not to win an imaginary competition. For example, I dabbled in music when I was a child. I took voice and piano lessons, and while I am still a bad singer and a bad piano player, it was fun to challenge myself in that way. I learned a few things, and overall, it's been an addition to my life. If you have children, it will make a world of difference if you teach them about multiple intelligences early. It will help them to have a healthy view of themselves and of others. What is your own unique blend of intelligences? I'll post a link to the multiple intelligences chart in the show notes. This could be a fun mini activity in self discovery. That's it for this week. If you found this helpful, please take two minutes to leave this podcast a five star review. It would contribute so much to making the podcast more visible. My goal is for it to reach as many people who need it as possible. When I started self exploration at age 15, I started from zero. I had to learn a lot of things the long and hard way. A podcast like this would have really helped me, which is what fuels me now to keep sharing. The more five star reviews this podcast gets, the more it will appear on lists, and that's how other people will discover it. Two minutes of your time will go a long way. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Bye.